created live on Fireside. And with that signature applause, ladies and gentlemen, if you're tuned in via uh, Fireside Chat or if you happen to be tuned in via YouTube or LinkedIn or wherever else you may be in this part of the world or even in the next world, welcome to it. This is Doing It Sober Live from South Africa behind the golden mic. My name is Chris Snell and uh, opposite me from Florida, it is Daniela Park and Kevin Kreider, our guest, who will be introducing soon. But before we get to the guest, I'd also like to take this moment to congratulate Daniela on her anniversary today. Congratulations, doll. I can't believe it. Over 30 years of sobriety between me and my husband. Pretty crazy, right? 30 Whoa. I know. Three, zero, my age. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I know. It's, wow. But thank Well, you. I'm surprised. I'm surprised uh, that your, your both your names begin with the letter D that you guys have never been referred to as the dynamic duo, because you are. Oh, we have. We have. Oh. <laughs> we are definitely dynamic. But congratulations either way, doll. Getting to our guest now, let me preface. Broadcast journalist and pioneer of the BBC program Heart Talk, Chris Sacker, once made the astute observation that artistic types are confined to a single label, as it is more convenient to survey the skill of an artist to the public. But, you know as well as I, art does not have limits. Only small minds do, as is paraphrased by theatre practitioner and pioneer Konstantin Stanislavski. On this show and many subject programs of the same calibre, pay attention long enough and you'll notice that seekers and advocates of recovery have a strong creative streak that spans mediums by the dozen and as such have ventured to create their own content to purvey their skills. The show being a primo example. Commerce, meanwhile, at the same time, has been a rather tricky shadow subject and to this day has kept advocates on their toes where recovery is concerned. You might hear one of these two statements. How in the world could you charge for something you can get for free is the one statement. Whilst recovery is never free has also been heard for a foolish retort. The fact of the matter is art and commerce are uncommon bedfellows as a Santa Claus is to the Easter Bunny. But heart is what separates the boys from the men, taking a stand when the deck is stacked high and breaking the mold. Thus, Kevin Kreider is the second coming to reinvent this wheel. Kevin has an extensive portfolio which spans the arts, business and motivational speaking, to name but a few. He has been, spe uh, been featured extensively on multimedia with his endeavours to break cultural stereotype, much like his predecessor, the legendary James Hong in both film and television, and he's also featured on the popular unscripted series on Netflix, Bling Empire. As further testament to his versatility, Kevin used his, his uh, experience and created a new opportunity with his new drink, uh, ready-to-drink, zero-proof cocktail, known as Sands. You have noticed the cans on screen. He joins Doing It Sober Live today to chat on his journey and the path he molded for himself to highlight cultural and career diversity. And with that, Kevin, welcome. A mighty honor, sir. Oh, man, I feel so... Wow, that was great, Chris. Thanks. Um, I'm Kevin. <laughs> that was awesome, Chris. For a guy who likes to talk a lot, I actually didn't have much to say after that. I was like, maybe I should leave now. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> but Kevin, let's take it back. How did your journey start, mate? Yeah, I'm talking yes, about so in, in so sobriety and beyond. Totally. So I think 
probably started when I came to America when I was probably like three or four years old because I think for me, belonging and feeling different and separated started the moment I came from South Korea when I was adopted into a white family. And I oh. always just remember striving to feel like I belong. And, and what ended up happening is I actually discovered alcohol just because it was the one thing that made me forget that I was different than everybody else. And it seemed like mm. everybody else forgot that too. The moment that I started partying and hanging out with the people that drank a lot. So I'd say it really started really early. Um, even before teenage years, uh, I remember when I was younger and this kid, Mike would, uh, have, you know, mouthwash and he'd be like, there's alcohol. And I was like, cool, let's drink it. And I, I really realized, um, it couldn't have been that bad. I was thinking along the lines because I'm in New York city modeling, pursuing acting. Like I have a roof over my head. Um, I can afford simple things like, like I said, roof over my head and acting classes and yeah. food. So I just didn't think it was that bad until it got really bad in 2013 when I'd lost everything. Um, I was just getting off of other drugs uh, mixed with alcohol. That was my favorite combination. And then I came back to Philadelphia and started my life over again. Um, got kicked out of the house from my dad. He just said he won't enable me anymore. And I realized, man, I really got to get my shit together after that. Here I am thinking I'm like great at life. And I realized, no, I got nothing. Um, and then I had to restart my life and I actually was personal training. I got back into personal training and I met people in recovery and they were my clients, a lot of them. And mm. they did this thing called masterminds where they would get together and start scheming like the next business plans. And what I loved about this group, it was like three to four of us at a time. <clears throat> it's private, got some great solutions to life. And I realized, man, these people are talking more than just business. They're talking about you know, being of service, life, faith, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, along with strategy of how to grow their businesses. And I remember training one of the guys and talking about my life. And he's like, I think you could go to a meeting. You know, I think you're an alcoholic. <laughs> I was like, what? Welcome, <laughs> personal training you. <laughs> and it wasn't until I, I, I broke up with my girlfriend that I realized um, at the time, like she and I just started dating for nine months and I realized, man, I am an alcoholic. I need to get my life together before I can be in a healthy relationship. She knew that too. Um, I, it was just, it was a disastrous breakup. And uh, that's when my journey of recovery really started, December 13th, uh, 2015. Oh. Well, so we that's, um, I, I'm celebrating seven years pretty soon. Congratulations, and, brother. You know, thank you, man. Like, it's a weird rock bottom because the day before, uh, December 13th, I was at a concert, um, a private concert, and I just had two glasses of wine. And I, it was just, I was just a wreck. It was just insane how much of a wreck I was after just two glasses of wine. And then the next day, I just felt the guilt, the shame of everything. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then I remember being at the Eagles game with my dad and my brother and my family. And I'm like, I can't even be present to be here. Like, I just mm. didn't want to do this anymore. And then my um, client who started this masterminds group, 
said to me one time that really stuck in my head. And he said to me, what if we could spare you the last 10 years of misery? And, and that day, December 13th, it rang to my head. I was like, this could spare 10 years of misery. Let me give this a try. And I never looked back. And that guy never ended up being my sponsor because he says, there's no way I'm going to sponsor you. <laughs> and then he <laughs> ended up uh, joining the master's class. I, jo I joined masterminds in a different way. Um, you know, I went into AA and then I went into, I still went to the masterminds class uh, that he had. And it was, it was wonderful. I was like, this is great. Like I, I, I get to learn how to do business as a sober guy um, and be sober at the same time and hang out mm. with my sober brothers. And that's kind of been the journey since. And I haven't looked back since. You got pretty lucky <clears throat> there meeting those people. Well, you know, when I look back on my life, though, there's been many people sprinkled into my life that were mm. sober and told me about mm. sobriety. It's just that I wasn't ready for it. Like, I didn't hear it, if that makes sense. Like, there's somebody who's um, really popular on social media, and he and he talks about empathy, he talks about hustle, he talks about all these things for entrepreneurs. And people always ask him, well, why do you keep repeating the same message? We get it. It's like, because he never knows when that person who hears it again, it really clicks. Yeah. It's the same thing with sobriety, man. It's like, I've come across so many people who are alcoholics or had problems with addictions. They told me about 12 steps. Just wasn't ready to hear it. Um, and then yeah. it's funny when I got sober, people tell me my character defects because I discover it myself, right? One is I'm a control freak. Um, and then I remember when I was 22 talking to one of my best friends, he's like, dude, you're a control freak. And I used to be like, ha, ha, yeah, okay. And then now I'm like, Dude, why didn't you tell me I was a control freak? He's like, I told you so many times. You just yeah. like, but I heard it in a way. Him telling you that you had control. Yeah. He's like, you know, he knew the same thing. He's like, you'll come to it when you come to it. It's not something that you can hear just once and then be like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I have alcohol problems. Let me just go to a 12-step program. Nobody nobody does that the first time. It'd be kind of ridiculous right. if you did, you know? Um, you must yeah. be bored with your life if, if you do that. Uh, but mm -hmm. I, I actually went to my first um, meeting went on Thanksgiving. And um, I went there because my roommates were in the program and they were sober. And actually, they didn't think I was an alcoholic. They're like, yeah, you're probably more like Al-Anon Al or some other thing. You know, you just have people, places, and things that your problem is. And I'm like, yeah, but that, that's the problem, you know. And then I go to uh, my first meeting on Thanksgiving and I see some familiar faces. And I was a little embarrassed. And it took me about a full year to actually start coming back. Uh, consistently so that was my first taste of um, recovery 12-step programs and all all the rooms that we talk about and and just recovery and and that's it's been it's been a life man like i today i have responsibilities that i never imagined i have a life that was in the promises a life beyond my wildest dreams and i mm -hmm. i say this in not saying my life is so crazy and wild like I imagine when I was an alcoholic drinking, because I had quite an imagination then. What I interpret interpret that phrase as, I'm beyond it though. Like I have a wilder dream and I'm beyond all that wild stuff. And I don't even look back or miss it. And I think that's yeah. the gift is that I don't miss it. I look forward to the life that I have that is more meaningful. 
I have more responsibilities. Like I said, I have more first world problems now. Um, I have career, I have love, I have apartments, uh, that I have an apartment that is something I never imagined. I have career paths. I have people that actually want to listen to my story instead of shutting me out, which is amazing. Um, because when I was an angry, unrecovered, dry drunk, right? I, I think that I would turn people off and mm. I would never yeah. be listened to ever. And now yeah. that I can use these experiences to help others that I learned in, in the 12 step program that um, I, I belong to, it's just, here we are. Now, Kevin, I really wanted to give you plaudits according to the following. You have achieved tremendous success or you have started to have mm -hmm. achieved tremendous success for yourself. So let me be careful in that. But you have funneled yourself in a remarkable way. And here's the reason why I say it. You've created this new cocktail, Sands, and with your appearance on Bling Empire, you have marketed this product and you have marketed yourself in a light in commerce, which is unheard of. We all hear about funneling and uh, establishing a brand for yourself. But you can agree with me because you and I have the same skill set where performance is concerned. Whereas when it comes to marketing yourself, marketing an intangible service, that's being caught between a rock and a hard place because people can't tell the forest from the trees. Do you think maybe your appearance on Bling Empire has really helped you launch your uh, message and your product into an even higher level? Or do you think you could have gotten it through another means if you were offered a different route? Yeah. No, I never would have been able to do what I'm doing without a platform like that. And I'll be clear in my message of even before sobriety, I was having a message of um, Asian representation, Asian masculinity, and destigmatizing it. And mm -hmm. to have Asian guys in the forefront when it comes to romantic leads or just the stereotypes that were harmful, and I got to tell you, I spoke about it quite a bit, even previous years. The difference was once I had a platform and a person who was in the public eye that backed this up, um, you can mm -hmm. see one of the previous videos I did with Jeremy Lin. I, all of a sudden, I was heard. Like, like people were like, well, where is this guy? Well, I've been doing it. It's just that nobody gave me that credibility to be mm -hmm. able to voice that, even though it was the same message over and over and over again. Sure. And then, then that kind of launched my career into doing speaking and talking and doing talks and Google, all that stuff. And then mm -hmm. led into documentaries. And then I was like, you know what? I can do the same thing with sobriety if I want to, because there is a stigmatism around sobriety that you only. Oh, see very much. You're preaching to the converted. Who, yeah, exactly. You only see people who relapse or the, the really lowliest of the rock bottom people. And right. I thought that was a problem just the way I saw Asian masculinity being a problem, the way it was mm. portrayed in media and the things that we make assumptions, our worldviews about sobriety and Asian masculinity. I was like, let me do this with Bling because I have the opportunity. And it's not mm. that I didn't try in the first season when we aired. Um, we did. I spoke about it quite a bit. Uh, they were very careful about my recovery as well, too, which I really loved about the production wow. uh, company I worked Kudos with. Kudos to them. Like they, they respected that and um, never pressured me. If anything, they wanted to hear the stories, just that there wasn't a showrunner or somebody on set who understood the sobriety was. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in God's grace, like there was a showrunner or, or a producer who was sober as well. It was the first person on set. 
And ironically, you want to hear something crazy? Most of the castmates don't drink, actually. <laughs> they didn't really understand it. They're just naturally crazy. <laughs> so, I, I literally had the luck of somebody who wanted to share my sobriety story. And then I saw a lot of um, non-alcoholic brands come up. And what I noticed is they were missing the mark too much you know they they tiptoed on sobriety by calling it sober curious right they mm -hmm. tiptoed around by saying you know i just want to drink less when i'm pregnant that's good for you but if you're like me half measures avail us nothing and i mm. think it's the same thing with most people too you're either sober or you want to be or you're not sober curious just yeah. means you want to take a day off from drinking which there, trust me there's a market for that but what I saw for what I was doing with my beverage company was why isn't anybody coming out and empowering these alcoholic, non-alcoholic drinks too? And so I realized I could do both. And I actually reached out to a lot of these brands that are very popular now these days. Uh, they ignored me. They ignored my agent and manager. So it's not that I didn't try to just be like, hey, look, I see what you're doing. I think you could really use more authenticity instead of just mm. making it seem like you're a money cash grab, you know? And they ignored me. So I was like, what, what's the next thing I can do? I did the right next indicated action. I asked around how to make a beverage company, found the right people, found the right timing for things, and here Sons was born, you know? Mm. And so mm. that, I think, is kind of the crazy part is the easier, softer way would have just been join one of these non-alcoholic brands. But, you know, I took the other way which is this wasn't the easier way. Trust me, it's not easy at all. Um, and so, but the thing is, what's easy is me live, eat, and breathing the brand itself of recovery, people who don't drink and people who want to get sober. And so I think that's what made it so easy for me to just say, this is a no-brainer. I got to yeah. get into this space because if not me, then the Coca-Colas of the world are going to grab it and make the most out of it. And I'm like, you know what? But here we are. Like nobody said in sobriety, we have to be poor or we can't right. make an impact like this in our life or be millionaires or whatever, or have a company like this. It's just not, it doesn't say that anywhere. <laughs> and yes. for some reason we think humility has to do with this. And I'm like, you know what? I am humble in the sense of, okay, None of these companies saw the value in it. I do, and I did something about it. So mm. and here's the thing. It's only about, it's been a little bit less than two months since we launched. Oh, we have wow. great traction. We have a lot of great things happening. Um, but, you know, here, being on this this journey with you right now is part of it. But I would say it's a long road ahead, too. You know, just because sure. you know, I'm the founder, I'm sober. It's just the beginning. And I think what ends up happening is at least we have a shot at this at this product and marketing um, uh, mar market opportunity. But you know, I also know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to try now after this because they're going to think I have such huge successfulness. But it's it's not huge. It's good. You know, we're doing Sally good. Both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're doing good. You know, it's just that we're not like we're not millionaires. We're Fortune five hundred. <laughs> not fortune 500 but we're doing good and i think that's the thing it's like i'm attracting not promoting the team which is awesome people yes. who are now working um for the company are actually people who are attracted to the message not because of the money opportunity they're really just attracted to me the message and you know i'm busting my ass for free too 
You know, I'm not taking any money from the company because we can grow. And so my whole goal was I would be totally ecstatic if I come into if I go into a wedding or a bar someday and I just see people drinking it because I realized, man, my message is getting out there. You know, I want it to be so normal to see my beverage in people's hands that it's as normal as seeing a Coca-Cola or a vodka tonic or something you know like i want to yeah. see it normally because then that means people are getting the message you know people have an yeah. alternative. that's you know, mastermind like, thinking it's mastermind thinking you know and it's just like yeah well if, let's just do this and, and so i did it <laughs> here we are that's, that's awesome can i ask you i was just looking at the um the can what is that adaptogen yeah so adaptogens are just a fancy way of just saying like supplemental health benefits um mm. so i came from the health and fitness world bodybuilding specifically so uh supplements were a very big part of my life growing up um and adaptogens are more of a newer form of health benefits they're not really made for your appearances right like so ginseng doesn't get you ripped and shredded like the you know like on supplements but adaptogens like ginseng are more more health remedies um, and just mm. for, for rejuvenation and your mental well-being with, with uh, L-theanine that's in there that comes from green tea. Um, it's an extract. Very much. Um, L-theanine. I like that. Wonderful. And so I just found that I used my past experiences of what people can call failures, you know, bodybuilding and personal training and uh, turning mm. it into something that could possibly uh, jumpstart a new career path. And so that's why I, I, I love what I'm doing now in that sense, because I'm bringing everything I know and believe in together all in one, one thing, one can. It's truly amazing when we get, when we get sober, it's like, we have no, the, I've been sober 16 <clears throat> years now. And I, I mean, some of the things I never even imagined doing, you know, and here I am and, and all these things I've accomplished. And, and I understand because I have a brand also, and for the last eight years, I've been blood, sweat, and tears. You know, we're talking two people on the site for a month, you know, per month. And now we're at, you know, thousands, 5,000. You know, it's just wonderful to put all of your efforts into something and really, you know, try to make something of it. And, you know, I, I enjoy giving back like you do, carrying the message and stuff. But when we get sober, man, you better put fasten your seatbelt because... It's amazing the things that we can do. And um, I really enjoyed the drink. I, I don't know if I told you that dragon fruit is my favorite fruit. And I drink it every single morning. It's, I have four yes. drinks that I drink during the day. Dragon fruit and ginger. I have a lot of medical issues. I have to take ginger every day for nausea. So I was just like, wow, ginger and dragon fruit. I was just, wow, what a, what a pairing for me specifically yeah and that's so. the thing too that i wanted the sober community and the health and wellness community to have in their hand which is something that's natural and only 10 calories and so the flavor profile that you're seeing was making drinks also good for you because the last thing i want to do is have people have like high sugar diabetic or keto or whatever their <laughs> yeah. diet is and, like, <laughs> tough, yeah. and so i just i just find that you know i think a lot of beverages are doing it wrong like i at least for me like i don't i don't want high sugar like that i still want it to be tasty right. 
I don't want it to be overpowering, but I want it to be health benefits. And also I added my own Asian identity into it. And that's where I think the beverage industry has a lot of growth opportunities is, you know, something that I really had a hard time accepting, which was being Asian is now starting to be celebrated in the beverage community with Asian flavors. And so I want to do my own oh, twist on it. Nice. You know, and yeah, I want to do my own unique twist. Dragon ginger isn't a traditional Asian flavored, but I made it uh, an Asian flavor because it's like dragon fruit is one of my favorite things. Ginger's awesome too. And it's just like kind of mixing the East and West together. <clears throat> and it's a very underrated fruit. And I'm talking, or, 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 or spice rather, I should say as well, ginger, because it has been used in the treatment of arthritis. It has been treated or used as a treatment for gout, which has certainly been a case for me as well. So mm, it's surprising wow. to see how people should be more educating themselves on the natural health benefits of fruit and vegetables. And I'll give you a silly uh, uh, notion. Take a tomato, because I'm a cancer survivor. And it was said unto me when I had to switch my diet, if you take a tomato and you slice it in half and you hold the half up in the air, what does the guts of the tomato represent? The halves of the aortic valve of the heart. Take a carrot, chop off the tip, look on the inside of a, of a carrot. What does the inside represent? The cornea and retina of the eye. And what is a tomato good for? heart rotation and uh, sight of a carrot. Yeah. The answer is mm -hmm. often underneath our very eyes, but we just don't seem to notice it. Kevin, just something that I would like to touch on ever so, so subtly. You are a champion or one of the new rising champions for uh, a strong Asian identity in the entertainment business. Have you rubbed shoulders with people who have had the same vision as you have? I mentioned in the intro James Hong, who uh, uh, set up a theater group of uh, exclusively for Asian players, and especially George T uh, Takei, I almost said Takei, uh, George Takei, who's also been a champion for Asian-American rights in the entertainment industry and beyond. Have they or anyone else of the higher echelons come up to you and said, listen, hey, well done, or would you, li can, would you like to join us in our fight? Has something like that ever happened to you before? Chris, it's a great question because, um, you know, something I wanted to address and I don't, I actually don't know how to address it publicly is that, that, you know, the Asian male identity is something that a lot of Asian actors, especially male actors have gotten into acting and spoken about, or just wanted to tell stories, right. About the Asian, uh, male in Hollywood and media in their own way. Um, but what I find that is that a lot of them, you know, I, I rub elbows with a lot of these people, <clears throat> but there's a uh, competitive snarkiness or distance that a lot of Asian actors or Asian male actors have, which is crazy too, because I've even helped some of them with their own careers. You know, it's you would have thought they yeah, you would at least thought they'd it's be a like, people hey, problems. People, thank you for that. You Sadly. know, but no, it's more right. like they're going to go from a scarcity mindset of like, well, you're probably going to go for the same old me or, uh, you know, you probably think your shit don't stink. Who knows what's going through right. their heads. But my thing is there's a weird narcissistic competitiveness that happens in the Asian male world. And I, I, you know what I contributed to immaturity and scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate because, uh, yeah. you know, fear, 
fear-based uh, decisions with friends yeah. or people who are peers. And, you know, my thing is actually, I, 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 there's nothing to be fearful for. Their roles that they did, I had no interest in doing, even if it did make you who you are today. Like, you know, I, I think my role is purposeful and a little bit more clear. And their roles they got because of them. And it wasn't meant for me. And I know that for a fact. Like, I actually turned down a lot of roles, right? <clears throat> or even on Which is very mature of you to say. Not yeah, blind to look up your skirt. Well, <laughs> skirt. Um, I'm not Irish, but yes, that's... Or <laughs> kilt. Um, I just think it's... We have a lot of maturity to do as an Asian male um, entertainment space. Uh, we have a lot more maturity. We have a little bit more um, things we could learn from 12-step programs, which is be of service and mm -hmm. help other people out and realize that it helps you out too at the same time. Um, and, but, you know, that's a lot to ask for from a community that's been starved and basically uh, looked down upon for a long time and now given an opportunity. So I see, I have empathy, I should say, from, from the community. I just wish they would hear it a little bit more often, like, you know, um, come from a more abundant mindset and come from a place of service. You know, remember why you did this to begin with. Remember sure. the people who have helped you in the past. Like all that stuff. And, I, you know, it's just to, it's to answer your question, there are, but there are Asian men out there, but they won't help each other out. You know, and I just, mm -hmm. it's, it's weird. It's because I, I've learned, I know what that's like before I went into a 12 step program. I know what that feels like. I almost have mm -hmm. empathy. I'm like, that's a shitty way to feel, you yeah. know? And I'm like, yeah, I don't live that way anymore. And I feel great. I feel more freedom. And I just think yeah. um, the community could use a little bit more of 12 step practice. Yes. Well, God bless you for that maturity, Danny. <clears throat> hey, Kevin, you know, I don't want to take any more of your time. I, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you've been a pleasure. You know, you never know what you're going to get. And uh, I really enjoyed listening to you talk about um, just kind of the the whole miracle of sobriety and how the people get placed into your life and, mm -hmm. and how things develop just naturally. These are not part of our plan. <laughs> you know, they just there's a bigger plan. And, and uh, if we just keep showing up every day, things get pretty damn good. Yeah. And uh, my plan was never to be sober, be on a reality show, have a beverage company, like none of that. That was not my right. plan at all. When I just say it now, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, given what Danny said goes duly for me, I think really you are a mature man in vision and in practice. And for the time frame of what you have achieved, a lot can be said, and you've got right to tap yourself on the shoulder. Congratulations with Sans, and congratulations with all your career prospects, and from myself and Danny, and all over the people who are tuned in and who will be listening to this, we wish you nothing shy and all, and nothing but the blessed for your endeavors going forward. Please don't keep up the good fight. You've uh, thank you so much. You're a trailblazer, mate. And with that said, we would like to thank Kevin Kreider for joining us. This has been Doing It Sober Live. If you've missed out on the live feed, not a problem. This will be available on demand on YouTube, the vidcast that is. Be sure to also grab an episode, if you can, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. In the meantime, until we meet again, I'm Chris Snell. That's Daniela Park. And life is always better when you're doing it sober. Make it stay. Bye-bye now. Thanks, Kevin. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody.